the vibes. Yep, 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 yep. BJ, we're back. Boop Genius Podcast. And I'm in a good mood today. Guess why? Guess why I'm in such a good mood? I have no idea, Mo, but please tell me why you are in such a good mood today. 128 to just 75. The Boston Celtics come away with the win. Absolutely decimating and destroying the Sacramento Kings. Our friend Jack was tweeting us throughout the night because he was not ready for this roasting that he was set to receive, but we can't even roast him. I've come to pity him and the Sacramento Kings fans because they look like a team where every player knew they were on the trade block. They were not ready to play basketball last night. At halftime, when they were down 38 points, it looked like they should have just got back on the plane and flown back home. I get they had no Sacramento, uh, they had no De'Aaron Fox, but no Sacramento player even scored in double digits aside from Buddy Heald, who scored 11 points on 14 shots. Mm. Meanwhile, mm. Jason Tame continued to bounce back. He follows up his 51 with 36 in just 31 minutes of play. Jalen Brown drops 30 points, 10 rebounds in just 23 minutes of action on the court. The Celtics, maybe they're starting to get it together. Because when I look at the rest of the schedule for the Celtics... What did you just say, Mo? You snuck that in there. What did you say? No, no, no. I didn't sneak in. The Celtics are starting to get it together. Let's look at the rest of the schedule. These are the games coming up. Atlanta. New Orleans. Okay, Miami, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. Then you've got Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, Brooklyn at home, so no Kyrie and KD will still be out. Denver, Atlanta, Philly, Detroit. Brooklyn, Detroit, Indiana. You could win maybe all of those games except for three or four. That's a Damn. very, very easy schedule for the month of February. Okay. So we'll wait and see what the standings say after that. But it was a busy night around the league. Let's not just talk about the Celtics. We've got to talk about your Detroit Pistons. Now, I know they didn't come away with the win against right. Nikola Jokic. And right. the Denver Nuggets, Jokic, 28 points, 21 rebounds and nine assists. But we got to talk about that kid, Cade Cunningham. Was it his first career 30-piece? He finished with 34 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, two steals and four blocks. What do you see from the number one pick last night? Who, by the way, they were triple teaming. Well, you can see Cade is beginning to really play with confidence. And, you know, I said it at about the 40-game mark. Kay Cunningham is here to remind us of why he was the number one pick. He's beginning to round into shape. And not, all, not only is he scoring the basketball at a nice clip right now, 34 points, but you can see the versatility in his game. Rebounds, eight rebounds tonight, eight assists. How about four blocks? And he's doing this on a very young team. He's scoring the ball. He's distributing the basketball. And what I like most, Mo, is he's beginning to play no matter what. Yeah, they're losing games, but you can see he's showing up and really starting to lay the foundation of who this team, what this organization, but more importantly, I think he's beginning to show people around the league what he's capable of doing. So 
I want to give him credit. I want to give the front office credit there for, you know what, sticking to their, to their picks, doing what they're doing. It's tough. And anytime you go through rebuild, it's tough, right? It's never easy. Mm. But certainly right now, you can see why they drafted Kay Cunningham. Kay Cunningham is showing you, and this is a very good, it's a very good draft. You know, Evan Mobley, who you hear me talk about, has been terrific. You know, Scotty Barnes, excellent. You know, Jalen Suggs is beginning to round into shape. And Wagner. You know, start, Orlando did a yeah, great job. Wagner, you know, Wagner did a nice job down in Orlando. That's right. So, you know, but give the Pistons credit, right? Because we don't get a chance to talk about them a lot. I'm really excited for this yeah. organization. And Kay Cunningham is beginning now to give you a little hope there of what this could be if they're able to put together another draft, maybe a free agent or two. Maybe you got something down there in Detroit. And, and, and maybe a trade for Jeremy Grant and get you some more pieces. Because if he's doing this with this roster around him, imagine how easy the scoring will be when the defense isn't triple teaming him or how high the assist numbers can be when he has teammates that will knock down the shots that he's making. But speaking of making shots, we've got to talk about something interesting that's crossed my agenda last night. Okay. If you are a role player who plays the center position in the NBA and you see the Philadelphia 76ers on your roster, on your schedule, you might be getting worried, thinking, damn, I've got to guard Joel Embiid. But now you might be looking at it like, damn, I'm going to have a career high in scoring. Because last night, they did come away with a win against the lowly New Orleans Pelicans, who are missing Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. However, they were trailing for three quarters of the game. And Willie Hernan Gomez put up 29 points. Now, Mm. this may be an anomaly, but I had to go back and have a look. Because in their last game against the San Antonio Spurs, Jacopoto put up 25. Before that, Mo Bamba put up 32. And you might be thinking, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Big men who can shoot cause them problems. But Omar Yurtseven put up 22 points against them as well. So as amazing as Joel Embiid has been, we have to talk about this Philadelphia defense. The perimeter defense is stopping nothing. Joel Embiid hasn't been great defensively, but I can't put that blame on him because he's been carrying the team entirely on the offensive side of the ball. The tired legs have got to kick in somewhere. You can't do it all for 48 minutes a game throughout 82 games in a regular season. And Bede, in his own right, had 42 points on the offensive end last night as well. And Tobias Harris stepped up with 33. But the defense in Philly, they've been getting away with it because of Embiid's greatness. But when teams start to lock in and they look at the postseason, that's the area for concern for me. Of course, Joel Embiid, and let's stop here for a second. Joel Embiid has been sensational. I mean, he's putting up monster numbers, okay? Tonight is no exception. 42 points, 14 rebounds, okay, four blocks. You go, what more can you ask? Now, the thing that's concerning for me is that he's given up a lot of points on the other end. Okay, tonight, all right, Willie Hernan Gomez gets 29 points. 10 rebounds, okay? But you know what really concerns me? Jackson Hayes also in 22 minutes gets 15 mm-hmm. points and five rebounds. Now, okay, Mo, that this is a problem. This is a problem now. It's 44 points. You, that's you start giving up, that's outscoring. He's giving up more points than he's scoring. So 
big fella, you fell in love with scoring, and that's great. But clearly now the rest of the league is beginning to exploit something on that end because when you start seeing people score, that's really – that shouldn't be scoring that many points. I don't care. Joel Embiid is too good of a player to be giving up those type of numbers against those level of players. No disrespect. So get the big fella credit. He's carrying a lot. He's carrying the load. But let's get back on our grind. Let's get back on our defense and start doing something protecting the basket, especially versus pick and pop. You can see that they are targeting him in pick and pop type situations. And, 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 you know, that's, that's once this goes around the league and the league begins to see what's going on, they're going to target it. And right now you can see now what they're doing when they play against Joel Embiid. Now we're talking about Sixers. We would be remiss to talk about them without speaking about James Harden. We're going to talk about the Brooklyn Lakers game in a sec, but these rumors of Philadelphia are now going to hold out on a Ben Simmons trade for James Harden this summer because he's unhappy in Brooklyn and he wants to walk away. What's your take on them? Do you see the truth in them? Do you think it's a ploy by Daryl Morey to get better offers from other teams before the deadline? What are you thinking? Well, I think like anything, you know, when all of this comes down to Mo, and you've heard me say this on air, off air, and I want to say it here. When you are dealing a player like a Ben Simmons, an all-star caliber player, most general managers veteran general managers are going to want at the very I'm going to say at the very least they're going to want an all-star player back so I think Daryl Morey is going to do what all veteran executives are going to do they're going to be patient they're going to ask for something in return because of the following one you have to be able to predict or at least know the landscape of the free agent market on who can do what so if James Harden goes to the free agent market, which he's clearly stated he wants to do that, he, he has the right to do that, then you have to ask yourself the question, where can he go? Okay, it's great to be a free agent. Who has that type of money? Orlando, San Antonio, and Detroit are the only three okay. teams who have max space without making okay. moves this summer. And he ain't so- going to any of them. Okay, so when you do that, then you begin to see the difficulty of figuring out when you have a player that's making that level of salary. Now, there's, do, do you think he's justified in wanting out of Brooklyn? Last night, he had 33 points, 12 rebounds, and 11 assists. His teammates didn't really step up to the plate. Obviously, Kevin Durant's injured, but Kyrie Irving didn't play because of the whole vaccine situation, and they lost to a Lakers team who have not been great over the last 10. Although Anthony Davis did come back with eight points in 24 minutes. But, you know, how do you think James Harden is feeling with this whole situation, knowing that you've got an all-star sitting at home watching this game who could actually be playing? Well, you know, you know, Mo, I, I, I really don't get into what the players are really feeling at any particular moment. Cause I don't think players really, you know, I don't think players really, I'm not saying they don't care about that, but what I'm saying is James Harden made a decision to get out of, get out of Houston. And that decision, he forced himself out of Houston. Now there's only so many teams that could, 
could, could take that salary, give them back in return, which they felt was comparable, and then move on. Now, suddenly, we're looking at a situation to say, okay, now he wants to go to free agency. Well, who are we blaming here? Who are we blaming here, Mo? You, you know what I mean? Like, Mo, yeah. I, I think in the end, in the end is the following is I've said this from day one. James Harden is a score first, second, and third. Hmm. I think the idea of, of guys wanting to win and be a part of a winning team sounds good on paper. I think it sounds good in the press clippings. But truthfully, we are who we are. James Harden is a score. That's who he is. You know, James Harden, if I if if suddenly I get James Harden and I start asking him to be a first team all defensive player, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed. If I start asking James Harden to just be a standstill shooter, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed. So James Harden, I think, is getting back to who James Harden really is. It's probably taken him a little time to come to that conclusion. I don't think he's never been happy being the second or third fiddle because he's definitely not the number one guy there. But when you give him the ball and you allow him to do his thing, he's still a 30-point scorer, I think, in this league. Yep. And I think that's what he wants. So I don't think this is about him wanting out. I think it's just him getting back to who he really is and coming to that conclusion. Yeah, I, I, it, it sounded good. It was exciting. It was good to, like, you know, it's like, you know, Mo, like, you, you want to be wanted, you know? Mm. But truthfully, look, Call it like you see it. James Harden is a score. And if you win and he scores 40, that's a bonus. But James Harden is going to get you 40. Yeah. That's who he is. And, well, and, and, and that's so I think he's come to that conclusion. And, and I can respect that. And, you know, I don't think there's something he would say, but that's what it is. Well, LeBron looked great in the win for the Lakers against Brooklyn last night. We can talk more about the Lakers later this week. We don't want to overreact to them getting a win against the lineups that feature guys that are playing in the GD a couple of weeks ago with all due respect to them, but this is hardly the strongest lineup for them to go up against. But on the, on the other scale, let's talk about this. The LA Clippers, who we have been roasting for decades about choking away leads and not having any culture, they made the largest comeback in the NBA, a 35-point comeback, the largest since 2009. Okay. They come back from down 35, steal one on the road in Washington. The Clippers have erased 24-point deficits this season to beat the Nuggets, the Sixers, and the Wizards. Tyron Lou needs to get all of the flowers for what he's doing with no Kawhi Leonard and no Paul George. Luke Kennard stepping up with four-point plays to lead them in the clutch and Reggie Jackson looking like a superstar. Listen, I never thought I'd say it, but that the culture of the Clippers right now, oh. the culture of the Clippers right now, it's got me thinking. <laughs> what has got you thinking, Mo? What has got you thinking? Man, this, this is how I know we're living in an episode of Black Mirror. This is how I know everything's crazy and we're in a simulation. Yesterday, I read the news that the Sixers are going to get James Harden because Michael Rubin is friends with Little Baby. And I thought, what the hell does Little Baby have to do with NBA free agency decisions. Today I'm reading the news that the Clippers have got hustle and integrity. 
this is how I know the world is not real anymore, BJ. This is how I know we're living in some sort of Truman show or some sort of social experiment because there's no way that this should be happening. Well, of course. I mean, look, first of all, that was an incredible, incredible comment. And I have to admit, you know, I was flipping through the channels and I saw they were down 30 and I, I said, okay, that, that game's over with. Let me, let me go on. And then I received the call from a, actually from an executive. And he was like, are you watching this game? I was like, what game are you talking about? He was like, the Clippers comeback. I was like, they were down 30. <laughs> he was like, no, they just won the game. So I had to go back and watch this game, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, they score 40 points in the third and fourth quarter. Now, let this be a lesson. A 30-point lead in today's game with the way these guys are shooting the threes isn't a 30-point lead of what you think in a yesteryear because the three-point shooting allows you to see and play from behind in large deficits. And you can get hot at any given time. And you could see the Clippers, they embody that. They've done this now a couple of times. So if there's a lesson to be learned, a lead is never safe in today's game. And never agenda wise for people saying that Bradley Beal needs to get more love for the all-star game. Well, he scored 23 last night. Luke Kennard came off the bench with 25 and Amir Coffey had 29. The Wizards have been very disappointing after their hot start. They were actually the number one seed for a while in the Eastern Conference. Now they're all the way right. down at 10th. They do have a logjam of power forwards on this roster that I think they need to throw out. So they could be active before the trade deadline. But speaking of logjam of power forwards, the Toronto Raptors pulled up and played against Charlotte and said, hey, listen, we don't care about positions. We're going with a starting lineup with no ball handlers. We're going to run Pascal Siakam at the point. And he finished Ooh. with 24 points, Ooh. 12 assists, and nine rebounds. OG had 24. Gary Trent Jr. had 32. Chris Boucher at a power forward at 12. Precious had nine, but... Listen, the Raptors are playing positionless basketball. They're going big. They're trying to follow that Cavaliers blueprint. By the way, we're going to talk about the Cavaliers later this week, but I've been seeing them running a zone defense with Evan Mobley guarding at the point of attack on the perimeter with three bigs behind him, which is scary. But let's talk about the Toronto Raptors. Positionless, dominant, point Pascal. Spicy P and the P stands for point guard. I respect Spicy it. P. Well, I, you know, what you have to respect is that, you know, Coach Nurse and company, they've really done a nice job of figuring out how to retool this team. And, you know, they, they lose Kyle Lowry, they figure it out. They lose Kawhi Leonard, they figure it out. And they just plug and play. And you got to like it. I see massage vision. I see massage yeah, vision, though, listen, because it's not get easy a lot of, to he, plug and play, but they've got the versatile guys. We always talk about defensively, these long wing defenders, these athletes that can get out and run. I think he's done an amazing job constructing that roster. Well, Masai should get a lot of credit. And, you know, he's one of the best in that position, you know, president, GM in the leadership role. And he's one of the best. And you could see why he's one of the best because he clearly understands roster construction and what that means. So give him credit for putting together, identifying the level of athletes that they like, especially on the defensive end. 
okay? And then, you know, Fred Van Fleet, we can't, you know, I know he didn't play this evening, but you can't forget about him. He's been an all-star. He will probably be an all-star this year. And, but Definitely. I like what he's doing. I, I, I like, I like what they're doing. You know, I, I like their athleticism. I like the way they, they play, they switch, they block shots. They're a fun group to watch. So, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm really, I shouldn't be surprised. I don't think anyone should be surprised. They're only going to get better. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what, that, 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 that kid, Scotty Barnes, special player, special. Yeah. He, he, he's a player. And uh, so the future looks bright up there in Toronto. We, the North, I think they're going to be okay in the future. And uh, they're going to continue to get better as their young players continue to improve. Now, one thing we forgot to mention with the Kings game, getting beat down by the world famous greatest franchise to ever exist upon Celtics. They have got a lot of players on a trade block. Now, other teams are going to be watching. Who's this, Mo? Who's this? The Kings. The Kings. Right. Other teams will be watching the Kings thinking, do we really want to trade for these guys? They're getting beat down like this. But another team who's been rumored in a lot of trade rumors is the San Antonio Spurs, who came up with a 30-point win against Houston with eight players scoring in double digits. So look for them to be pretty active in the trade deadline. But a team who I think needs to be active in the trade deadline is Dallas. who We've talked about yesterday on Heat Check on Sky Sports about being competing, you know, getting through the West Coast playoffs. They went into Golden State as Steph Curry continues to struggle with his shot, two for 10 from behind the arc, but they lost by almost 40 points. Luca scored 25 and everyone else did almost nothing. They need to get that man some help on the offensive side of the ball. If you were the Dallas Mavericks, who would you be targeting to give Luka Doncic some help? Well, you know, first, I, I like what I'm seeing with the Dallas Mavericks because I'm seeing effort and energy, especially on the defensive end. So instead of trying to target and say and skip the process, let's try to lay the foundation of how we could be a good team. And the good team starts with giving the effort and energy necessary. Now, I know they didn't win tonight. They lost by a big margin. But overall, Mo, they've done a really nice job over their last 15 games or so. And they've really shown some fight, especially on the defensive end. I think Porzingis is really beginning to understand the type of impact he can be as a defensive player. And their best player, Luka Doncic. I think Luka, you know, we give him so much praise on the offensive end. And he is a special player, very deservingly. But if your best player is not going to give the effort on that end of the court, it's going to be hard for you to win. So right now, I think Coach Kidd is laying the foundation. I'm going to be patient with this team. However, Luca is forcing you, forcing us as fans to say, you know what? If he's going to be that elite of an offensive player, just maybe they could get out of the first round. And I don't think that's far-fetched with this team. So I want to continue to see the effort, see how they build, see what they're going to be, because if Luca doesn't commit to that end of the court, I don't think, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, they're not going to do too much. I, I think he has been committing. It's just a defense. But he, Say he, that again? I think he has been committing more on defense since he came back from his, yes, yes, his yes, time yes, out. Yes, but, he has. Yes, he has. Give him credit. A, a young player who has been committing on both ends of the court, 40 points, nine rebounds, Three assists and three blocks in the win. Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves balled out. Carl Towns had 17 points and 17 rebounds. D'Angelo Russell had 22, including the game-winning layup 
which was thrilling because they took it to video review and it was a goaltend with a two-point win almost at a buzzer against the Portland Trailblazers. I love Anthony Edwards. He's one of my favorite young players in the league. I don't think he gets as much attention as Lamelo Ball and, you know, these other young guys. Maybe because he's in Minnesota or whatever it is, but I love what I see from the Ant-Man. What do you think? What do you, what's your take on him? Can he finally lead the Minnesota Timberwolves to the playoffs for a start this season? And then next season, maybe out of the first round or the season after? What do you think about Think about what you're saying. You know, Ant-Man is, since he's gotten there in Minnesota, he's clearly improved his game. Now they are, what, seventh or so in the Western Conference. They're guaranteed and to be Anthony, in the play-in. Yeah, There's Anthony no way Edwards is, is one of the reasons, if not the main reason, why they are in the position right now. So give him credit. Without question, there was a reason he was drafted number one. I think he's showing that he is a very gifted athlete and he can overwhelm you athletically. And right now, I want to give the Minnesota Timberwolves credit. They are playing a nice brand of basketball. You know, they're no longer the lowly Minnesota Timberwolves. This is a team that they feel they can beat anybody on any given night. And they're, and they're doing it, whether it's Carl Anthony Towns, whether it's, you know, Anthony Edwards, who we're talking about here. And, um, you know, they got a nice team. So I think they've put together a nice group. They're playing well. They're very competitive. And right now, they're in the playoffs. So you know what? To be well-respected and congratulations. Because it's been tough up there. It's been tough up there in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And you got to give those guys credit. Man, listen, it's been a crazy night of NBA action. Tonight is going to be another crazy night. We've got Giannis versus Evan Mobley to tip things off. We've got the Hornets at the Pacers. We've got the Clippers, the comeback Clippers that we're calling them now. The Magic, the Kings and the Hawks, the Nets and the Heat. Not the Nets, the Knicks and the Heat. The classic 90s matchup. The Grizzlies and the Spurs. The Denver Nuggets are in town to play the Brooklyn Nets. The Raptors and the Bulls will be an interesting matchup. The Suns and the Jazz are battle at the top of the Western Conference. And Mavericks and the Portland Trailblazers. We'll be back tomorrow to talk all of these games through. But just real quick to wrap up. BJ, today is, is a very sad day. It's the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's passing. Do you have one inspirational story in your time that you've come across Kobe or you've been told by someone that can inspire our listeners to go out and be the best version of themselves that they can be today. Well, you know, so much has been said and, you know, to be honest with you, I still can't believe it. I mean, it's been Mm. how many years later now, and it still seems surreal to me that this is what happened. I think it's one of those things that as an adult, you'll kind of remember where you're at and, you know, the thing, the thing is, you know, you just never want to take anything for granted. And you could see what, what the late Kobe Bryant meant to so many people around the world, not just here in L.A., who loved him, who respected him and what he was able to accomplish. And he came here as a young kid. I mean, he came here as an 18-year-old kid. And they watched him literally grow right in front of their eyes. And won championships together, defeats, the ups, the downs, the the trials and the tribulations of his career. And it just seems incredible to, you know, that it's been, how long has this been now? Like 
two or three two, years two now. Two years. Is it two, two years now? Yeah. Have you noticed how everything in the world has gone wrong ever since Kobe passed away? Pandemic, all this other chaos happening. It's just all been downhill yeah, since just, then. It just, it's just, you know, it's just the way life is, Mo. And, um, but I think the, the, the thing that should be inspired or we can take away is that when you say a fighter, no matter what was going on during the course of a game, make no doubt about this, the late, great Kobe Bryant was going to find a way to fight to try to win that game. So I think the inspiration from this is for us, yeah, it's, it's, it's been tough, right? The pandemic and all those things. But make no doubt about it, you know, when you say what would, what is something to inspire us, we got to find a way when there seems like there's no way. And because um, that's what that's what Kobe was all about. He was he was a fighter to the end. Uh, there was no quit in him. There was no giving up. But it just seems still I, I, I can't even wrap my head around it. You know that this is you know that, that this happened. I just it's like, wow. So um, and I always, you know, every time I'm reminded of this, I think about his family. I think about his kids. Think about the basketball community and think about all of the things that what he meant to so many, so many people. So, um, but it's a, you know, so goes life. And, um, you know, as they say, we have to find a way, but a very unfortunate situation. Absolutely heartbreaking. Just think you're spot on with, you know, we need to take inspiration from this. Go out and be great. Kobe played through torn Achilles, broken hand, broken fingers, torn shoulder. You name it, he played it because there's no excuses, there's no quit. And that's what we've got to continue to do in our lives. So until tomorrow's episode, to all our listeners, go out and be great. Be the best version of yourself that you can be. Be focused, be legendary. BJ Armstrong, thank you for joining us, blessing us with the wisdom once again. And until next time, my peoples, get buckets.